Alright, so we are going to start Igeris HaKadosh Chavav in a proper Tanya. It's on page 283, which is one page between 282 and 284. That may be the most profound thing I'm going to say all night. So, this is going to delve into a concept that obviously was a huge controversy and um, as would be typical for the Baltani, he is not going to mince any words about his opinion, his position on the issue. Now, clearly, again, I'm, I'm, this is total conjecture. I'm assuming that he was under attack about the validity of the this section of the Rei Mahemna. The Rei Mahemna is a section of the Zayar. And there's a very, very famous Zayar which was echoed later in Kisviari and later by the Degamach Nefrayim, the Baal Shem Tov's grandson, about the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov. There's also a very famous letter. The only written thing that we actually have from the Baal Shem Tov himself is a letter printed in the back of Taldis Yankov There's only one written document from the Baal Shem Tov. It's a letter he wrote to his brother-in-law, Reb Gershon of Kitiv in Yerushalayim. He writes about an Aliyah's Neshama that he had, where he met with Mashiach. He asked Mashiach when he was coming. It's a very fascinating letter. And the same theme repeats itself in this piece of Zayr, in the Kisviari, and in this letter of the Baal Shem Tov. Okay? So let's see it inside. You'll see why it raised such um, ire in the uh, world of those who, who doubted the validity of the Zayr. And how the Baltanya ex- brilliantly explains it away so that it's of no consequence at all. Please. Yeah. Well, throughout many ages, people had uh, issues with desire, and pretty much the Vilna Goyen, interestingly, laid the whole issue to rest. It was funny that he was the one who finally blew it out of the water like this. His his brilliance, his, the combination of his brilliance, his suspicion, Ramchal as well, probably equally. Meshachayim Litzato was an equal skeptic, and proved it. He was, and then ended up proving it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Nonetheless, there's no question that there were things that were inserted at certain points that were not part of the Zayir. So Berei Mehem Neparshas Nosei. Says as follows: Vahamaskilim, those who are wise, yazhiru kizayir harakia. Quoting a pasuk, Bahai chibura dilach. The Rei Mehemne here, an angel is speaking to Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, and says to him, "With this, with this chibur, with this book that you are now um, exposing, diu sefer azayir." Which is this sefer called the Zer? Min zahara It is from the shine of kabbalistic term of the shechina above. Teshuva beilin leitzorich nisayin. Ime ilah is again a, a term which is interchangeable with tshuva. So ubegin da siden Yisrael lemita miilone dechaya because Klal Yisrael is destined to taste of this life tree of life. 
De'iu hai sefer zayir, which refers to what I'm talking about, the fact that they're going to eat of the tree of life. I'm talking about the zayir. Now remember, there were two trees. Right? There was a tree of knowledge of good and evil, and there was a tree of life. Bear that in mind as we're going through this. Is Yifkun Bey Min Galusa. It is this Sefer that will bring about the Exodus from the Galus, Birachamim with mercy. Yiskayim behind, and it will be fulfilled of those who taste of the tree. Hashem Badad Yanchenu, Hashem will guide them singly. Vein Imai El Necha, there is no foreign god among them. Here we go. But the tree of good and evil, which is, I will mistranslate it now for the purpose of illustrating where people go wrong, and then we'll go back and translate it correctly, which is the area of Torah, dealing with that which is permissible and that which is forbidden, or Tomavitahara, or the entire sections of the Talmud dealing with the laws of impurity and impurity. They will no longer be relevant to the Jewish people. Hello? The laws of Isser and Heter, uh, whatever, those are no longer going to be of relevance because they are from the world of Toiv and Ra. In the world of good and evil. That's not what it's going to be about. It's going to be about Kabbalah. Um, Daha, oh, so he explains further, says the Zayra Kodesh, because their sustenance in the times of Mashiach, it's only going to come from the vantage point of the tree of life. Delays Taman, and in that tree, in that world, Loikasha, you're not going to have questions. You're not going to have the entire issue of difficulties, of challenges that stem from the evil inclination. That's where all kashas, all difficulties come from. Is from the sitra of the angle, the vantage point of the Gates of Hara. That's where, why we have difficulties understanding. Well, that's not going to be there anymore. <laughs> Nor will you have disagreement. Because disagreement comes from the spirit of contamination. Mm-hmm. You see why somebody might get upset about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Almighty Himself says, I'm going to banish the spirit of impurity from the world. So clearly there isn't going to be questions anymore. If questions and difficulties and machlekes stem from the world of Tuma, well, it ain't going to be there anymore because Hashem is banishing contamination and impurity from the world. Right? Well, that for sure. That remains true. But here we're dealing with Torah. What are we going to carry out all the Svar from the Bismedrish? Now he throws in a whole really wild monkey wrench here. What's more is that in that world, the world of Mashiach, 
the Torah scholars are no longer going to be sustained by the ignoramuses, by the multitudes who are sustaining them and supporting them now. They will only be sustained by the side of goodness itself. Tahara. They're only going to be consuming that which is completely pure and kosher. Kosher, heter. They're only going to be eating that which is tahar, kosher, and heter. Super, you know, with super hechsherim. None of that OU stuff. V'loy me'erev rav. Right? And they're not going to be living off of that mixed multitude. Da'achlin tumma puzzle usr. Like they are today. Who live off of the world that eat and consume that which is forbidden and puzzle and usr. So... Number one, you got a pretty ugly picture of what we're going through today. Now wait. And during this time of where we are ruled by the tree of good and evil, meaning now, So now, in this world, you got the Vigaymi, the Vachulu, is that now the Torah scholars are sustained through this mixed multitude. Who is sustained? Inun Chachamim, those wise men, those righteous people. Didamian the Shabbos is Vyavim Taivim. This is where it comes from. The great scholars who are considered Bibchinis Shabbos. They are on the level of Shabbos and Yantiv, even when it's not Shabbos and Yantiv. Isleis Lahain, those people don't have Elamadi Avalahain. All they have is that which they are given by that mixed multitude. Inun Chulin, Kigavna Diyema Shabbos. It is similar to the day of Shabbos. We know that on Shabbos, the only thing you could eat is that which was prepared ahead of time. Right? You can't cook, you can't prepare, unless it was prepared from the weekdays. But in the time that the tree of life is going to reign supreme, so the tree of knowledge of good and evil is going to be subservient to the tree of life, the opposite way. Meaning the, the ignorant will be sustained by the scholars. And the turn the page to two eighty four, and the only thing the ignorant will have is It's gonna be the opposite. It's gonna be the righteous feeding the the um the ignorant. Right, the, you know, the federation will be coming to us. And they are going to be completely subservient to them as if they didn't exist in the world. And so too, that which is forbidden and permissible or pure and impure. That's not going to be happening. That only from those people. Remember, there's a machlekes in the Gemara. What's the difference between our times and the days of Mashiach? So, the two different views, and one of the one of the views is that the only thing is going to be shibit malchus, meaning the only thing is that that we're going to live in peace. Everything else remains the same. McDonald's and Burger King are still open for business. So he says that it will be true for these ignorant people who never tasted of the tree of life. People who never delved into Kabbalah. 
So for them, they're going to continue learning the way they're learning, and you know, their their schools and kailalim and batimidrashim are going to continue teaching exactly what they're teaching. They'll they'll remain stuck in their world of nigla, in their world of the revealed areas of Torah. Um, because they never bothered trying to taste of the tree of life. So they're going to continue learning. I think they'd be delighted to know this. That for them, the business goes on as usual. The only thing is that they're not going to have to worry about the the feds coming after them for you know for crimes of cheating they'll be sustained by the government that's the way it seems to look oh man but it but it seems he's going to say himself i mean he, he goes through the outrageousness of this himself and therefore he says it's impossible to understand it the way i just read it the way i just read it is borderline up You'll see. He's going to tell us right now. Let's see why. And that, was, that which is understood from a casual reading. From the language of what we just learned in the Zayar, to those who lack brains, it would seem to suggest that the study of the permissible and the forbidden, let's say the Taharis, that would suggest that that entire area of Torah, which by any admission is the majority of the vast, all of Shas, Shulchan Aruch, Tur, Rambam, that's what it's all about, right? The suggestion certainly seems to look like that that comes from the tree of good and evil. Shupelagodal. That is outrageous. Machmas First of all, unto itself, it just doesn't sit right. What's more, it contradicts open, explicit psukim. And it contradicts the teachings of our, our of, of our the Tanoim and Amiraim. What do you mean? What do you do with a pasuk that says that all the Torah we have in our hands is called Eitz Chaim to those who hold on to it? Not Eitz Hadas Toivirah. Eitz Chaim. A living, a tree of life. So, and it doesn't distinguish between one form of Torah and another. It doesn't only say that about Kabbalah or the Zoyer, it says it about all of Torah. What's more, he says, it has to be that way. See, this is the beauty of the Baltanya, because Be'atim, he was a Litvak. He was. So he thought like a Litvak, and he processed like a Litvak. He had that thorough analysis power. You'll see how he processes this Hasidic idea like a Litvak. So he says, it has to be this way, because the Zayr didn't even exist in the days of the Tanaim and Amiraim. So when they referred to this, what were they talking about? They had to be talking about the nigla of Torah when they were talking about it being the tree of life. So were they mistaken? 
We know that that can't be. The entire wisdom of Kabbalah was concealed in their days. And it was concealed from virtually all Torah scholars. We know about the Ramban. We know about that there were certain of the Gainim that were Mekubalim. But as far as the vast majority of Tanoim and Amiroim and Rishonim, they didn't have access to Kabbalah. It's the same Rib Shimon. Right, but but to the vast majority of them, they didn't have access to it. Wait, you'll see even more. And even those who, those few who we know did have access to them, because the Gemara speaks about the Chachmas HaKabala. It was Ba'at Sneileches. They studied it in secret. They didn't study it in public. Now, this is really, really fundamental and central to where this is all going now. Listen to these words. We're on the line that begins with Kedi'isa Bigimara. Writes the Arizal, Bidavke Bidoris Elo Achreinim. It is only in these our later generations from the Arizal and An, Mutter, that it's permissible. Umitzvah, and it is incumbent upon us to reveal this wisdom. And that was not the case in the earlier generations. They were not supposed to learn it. Why? He's going to tell us why. He writes in the Zayashalaynita that it was not permission was not granted to reveal this rock only to him and that very small group of students he says even just to answer that is a wonder what do you mean the lefisa let he says you see where his his literature analysis comes out According to this, if this is the case, then the study of the laws of Nigla, of Isavater, Vikolshkin, Dine Mominis, let's take all of Nizik in the laws of financial issues. Now let's weigh them. Let's say for the moment that the Mikubalim Kabbalah is up here. And you want to go say that Niglav Torah, the revealed areas of Isavahetra and so on, are down here. Okay, now if you're faced with the opportunity to deal with one or deal with the other, clearly you would choose the one that's supreme. Well, guess what? Rav Shemar says otherwise. The same Rav Shemar who wrote Desire says that that's not the case. Where do you see that? He says, because... To the fees if that was the case, then the study of the laws of Isavata and for sure the, the laws of finances certainly would not be Doichin Mitzvah Tvila. Certainly it wouldn't set aside, it wouldn't push away the mitzvah of davening, that by everybody's account, no one disagrees that there's any reason or logic to the order of prayers without Kabbalah. You have to be a complete and total idiot to look at a sitter and try coming up with logical reasons if it's not be Kabbalah for the order and the, the, the way in which we daven. So now, if faced with Tvilah, which is clearly Kabbalistically orchestrated, or learning Baba Mitzia, 
So if you're saying that Kabbalah is so supreme to it, so why did these people paskin that you don't interrupt your learning to daven? Intuition suggests exactly the opposite. Do the Kabbalistic thing over the revealed thing. Oh, that's not the case. Right? We know that that's not the case. The Gemara clearly says, that Reb Shimon Ba'yichai himself and his friends, and so too, anybody else whose Torah is his main craft, they don't stop learning to daven. We don't pass it anymore that way today because there's nobody who qualifies for Torah in our days. But when there was... They didn't stop to daven. So which is more important? Clearly, the nigla of Torah. Even when they're dealing with, with dollars and cents and financial matters, like, like Rav Yehuda, about which the Talmud says, all of his study was all in financial matters. He was the expert in finances. It says about Rav Yehuda, he only daven once every thirty days. the Talmud, he only did it when he used to chazer because it wasn't as intense. Then he davened. Oh, you're kidding! We could sell we could sell big time membership, but we would promote the Rav Yehuda style of Yiddish guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Period. Now, last word on the page. And in the Jerusalem Talmud, back up to the top of Kufmem Gimel, in the first chapter of Brochus, in case what I said until now wasn't enough of a proof, look at how outrageous it could get. The Yerushalmi says that according to Shimon Ba'yachoy, that even for Shema, you don't interrupt your learning. The only time you interrupt your learning for Shema is if you're learning Chumash. But not if you're learning anything from Mishnayis and beyond. That are higher, to the higher status of learning. Chumash. According to Shimon Ba'yachoy. And yet, he made no distinction between say the Zroyim or Moyed the Kodshim Taharis to the Nazikin. He makes no distinction what type of Torah it is, whether it's the laws of agriculture or the holidays, or the laws of the Mishamigdash, or the laws of, of contamination and purity, or the laws of money. Okay, skip the parentheses there. What's more, now let's go into the give and take, right? The Ketzeus and the Nesivas, and all the various pilpul, the questions and the answers that, okay, so you could title like this, okay, so I could deal with the fact that Rav Shimon Ba'yachoy and Rav Yehuda and so on that had such clarity and purity of thought that it was all straightforward and there was no questions and answers. Okay, maybe that supersedes Kabbalah. But what goes on today in the modern Bismedrish where you got guys fighting back and forth and arguing in Svara, how could you compare that to the clarity in the Ilana Dechaya, the life of trees? He says, no. 
Even the pilpul, the questions and the answers, the besitra, the rab, the even those things that you are now suggesting with your corrupt reading of the Zayar that we read, comes from that side of the uh, the dark side. Ashkechan b'Reb Shimon we find that too about Reb Shimon Ba'yichoy. The he himself spent plenty of time in that arena of Torah thought. Even in the 24 years that he spent in the cave, where you would think that all he did with was delve into the secrets of Kabbalah, he says, not true. He says so himself. But says quite the contrary. Because of the pain, remember, they were buried in their necks, naked. In sand, that's how they learned. And when they came out and the other Talmidim saw him, they saw the welts and the wounds on their body, and they say, Woe to us that we see you in such a horrible state. And he said, Quite the contrary, fortunate that you see me this way. Only because of the suffering did I come out with the clarity and learning that I came out with. He says, If it was just the secrets of Torah, it didn't take 24 years. It's like that story with my Uncle Shia. My father came down once at uh, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the morning. It was before one of the weddings that my uncle was making. Comes down and says, what are you doing? My father came down to make a bottle for one of the kids. What are you guys doing up at 2 o'clock in the morning? So my uncle says to him, you know, the Chazals say that ever since creation... The master of the universe spends his time, Kaviochol, being Mizavik Zivugim, putting together couples. So Melko said that doesn't take that much time. The rest of the time he's doing seating arrangements. <laughs> right? That's what he says here. For each kasha, he gave him 24 answers. I wouldn't have seen you this way. Then he says here, look at this parenthesis we will learn. Vigam be'emes. In truth, for sure, the main learning that they did in the cave must have been Nigla of Torah, the Mishnayas, Tafresh, Sidrish, the 600 Sidorim of Mishnah that existed in their days, Adra Beinu HaKadosh, until Rabbi Danasi put together Mishnayas, and you got to be the Baltani to write this. Because if we're only talking about the Zayr and the Tikkun Zayr, maximum that takes two, three months. You know, take it from a guy like me. Right? That takes two, three months, Master. What does he need 24 years for that? Look at that. He didn't need to learn something twice. So what does he call it um, in the beginning that? That's according to the the, the casual learning of it. If you're learning it in a corrupted way, he'll easily explain. He says, "No, so I prove it to you in Swara. Now I'm going to prove it to you from the text." 
Our sages tell us from the day the Bismikdash was destroyed. The only place that God has to dwell is Dalit Amis Shel Halachalavad. It doesn't say Kabbalah. Hashem dwells in the four cubits of Halacha. Pretty strong language. One can wonder in the most wondrous wonders. Can you please tell me how it's possible? Then in the days of Mashiach, we're not going to need to know the laws of Kashras. Can somebody please tell me how Nochem is going to slaughter the carbon? Actually, Shechita is Ksher Bazaar. Any one of us could do Shechita. Does a Kayan not need to learn? Do they, do they not need to learn El Chashchita first? What is it, intuitive? We're going to all of a sudden wake up. Babies are going to be born knowing how to shecht. We got mchulin. Forget about karbonis. Even mchulin. The halach of if you press the wrong way with the knife or if you drag or if there's a nick in it and you end up dragging and, and, and instead of with, you know, with a razor sharp edge. Who's going to teach them how to shtel a chalif? You're going to tell me people are going to be born naturally? People are going to be born in nursery school? Today you have that. The kids in nursery school are shaykhtim. But generally, you, didn't, you know, that wasn't the norm. But the Shia, Udrusa without Shia, Udrusa, those are the five categories that puzzle a shaykhtim. They got masakit, the abriyavay medis, but the begimah, the other what? Knives are going to remain perfectly straight without ever getting a nick in them. And what about the laws of forbidden fats and the blood which is forbidden, Bishari Surim, and the other Isurim that a person has to learn without which we would never know that they're forbidden. And what about? We're going to have to know about the laws of contamination to death. There will be death then. If you don't want, okay, you want, to, you want to live in one of those worlds where you don't believe that there's going to be death after Mashiach, okay. Are we going to need to know the Tuma of Yeledes, that woman who gives birth? That there's, there's uh, all the days of... of Impurity and going to the mikveh and the kabbalah she needs to bring. A woman's going to be pregnant; she'll give birth the same day. And even if a woman is going to give birth every day, don't tell this to your wives. That the words of the Torah remain firm. The Torah says that a woman who gives birth becomes tamei. I don't have to go on anymore about this. This is so obvious and well known. The opposite of what we learned is the opposite is found in the entirety of Shas and all the Medoshim. The Parikh, the Gemara there says the, these words when the Gemara tells us a law that seems not to be relevant, so they ask one another, What are you saying, a halacha for the times of Mashiach? The answer should be, what halacha for the times of Mashiach? There is no halacha in the world of Mashiach. And what's more, we say, Eliyahu bal lishbet kol 
then the Yohanavi is going to come and answer all the doubts. Well, for what? And for why? For what reason? If it's not relevant, why is he there? Who cares? We say that this parasha, the Yohanavi, is going to come and answer it. So clearly, there's nigla in the world of Mashiach. Right, then you're moving. Let's take this another step. What about the other outrageous thing he said? Says that in the time to come, that they tell me the Torah, the Torah scholars are not going to live off of the ignorant and not from the air of Rav that eat puzzle and Tomei and Osir. So he says that's not unique to the times of Mashiach. Chazal tell us that the Torah scholars in the times of the Second Temple also didn't live off of the ignorant. The, the Torah scholars then were very rich people. They had their own vineyards and their own fields. And they still needed to go through all the processes of studying all those areas. See, if you could argue that the only reason we need to go through learning all that stuff is because we ourselves are so contaminated because we're eating foods which are contaminated by the source from which they come because they come from ignorant people and those ignorant people eat forbidden foods and therefore their food is tainted and when the Torah scholar eats of their food he needs to purify and himself by learning bepilpal with his friends and hacking all that stuff out of his head. Not true, because in the times of the second Mishnah, they had their own food, and it was all holy and pure stuff, and they still had to argue with their friends and get the stuff out of their heads. So, can't be. They still had to learn the laws of that which was permissible and forbidden, and the laws of Tumatara, and all the pairs that and not only that, they had thousands of such disciples that were busy learning that way, and nobody was learning Kabbalah. So clearly, that ain't what it means. So let's go back now and redefine the Reim Hamna correctly. Ach Bemis, next paragraph, page two eighty six, right in the middle of the page. Here is the truth. Kisha didactic beloshin Reim Hamna delel. If you're really careful about how you read the language of the Reim Hamna, he says, "V'ilana de toiv vira the tree of good and evil de'ihu isavahetir, which is forbidden and permissible. V'loy ama toiras isavahetir oihilchis isavahetir." When he speaks about the tree of good and evil, it says that which is. Isser not the Torah of Isser not the laws of Isser but the actual substance of Isser that comes from the dark side. We're talking about the actual stuff, the food. The money, the pleasures that come from that world, whom he learned at the Torah until Mashiach's time, 
everything we take in is made up of Klippas Naiga, which has a good side and an evil side. It's a world of confusion. It's a world of mixture. Not the Torah of it, God forbid, but the stuff itself. Okay? Shuklipas Naiga, this is referred to, we learned this right in the first few chapters of Tanya. They, that comes from the Klippa called Naiga, Kameshikosiv, Beitzchaim, like the Arizal writes in Beitzchaim. And let's go back and do a short review, he says. asur, The very term for something which is forbidden is asur. What does the word asur mean? We say it every morning in davening. Matir asurim. The word asur means imprisoned, locked up. alav. The language of Asur is something that's locked up because it has a shell around it. It cannot be elevated heavenward. Like something which is permissible. Something which is mutter, matir asurim, untied, open, free, means it's not tied up for Asur. And locked in beklipa, it's now locked into the shell of the dark side, and hence it has the ability to to, uh, to be elevated by somebody who eats it with the right intentions for God's sake. Right then and there, it has its elevation. If somebody is on the level where they can eat and drink for heaven's sake, their table becomes a virtual mizbeach. And they have the ability to elevate their food, their clothing, everything they touch is elevated heavenward. But even for the rest of us buffoons, Vigam Bistam call Adam Hoivid Hashem. Let's look at the rest of us who do mitzvahs. And Shibikoyachilahi. Let's say we just go and we eat a regular dinner. But then, with that energy, we go and loymid, we study Torah, we use that energy to daven. So what comes out of that is that that piece of chicken that we had for supper becomes, it is transformed into the letters of Torah that is elevated heavenwards from the energy and the power of that which was chosen and selected from the food ahu. This separation and elevation that takes place is only relevant during the weekdays. Avul b'Shabbos, but on Shabbos sheesh aliyah liklipas nega ba'atzma. Shabbos, there is an elevation to the entirety of that klipas noiga. Viga imachitzonius with its shell. Shabbacholai lamis. There, you don't need to use it as a stepping stool to serve Hashem with it. On Shabbos, the eating of the Tainuge Shabbos itself is its own elevation. It does. It's not a sec. It's not a two-step process. And therefore, the chain mitzvah lechol kol tainuge b'Shabbos. That's why there is a mitzvah to eat all these pleasurable things on Shabbos and to avoid milchigs at all costs. Mm-hmm. And to increase flesh eggs and wine. 
Even though during the week somebody who eats flesh and drinks wine is a glutton. A Same food. Shabbos, it's a mitzvah. During the week, he's a fresher. This ain't the case with something forbidden. It cannot be elevated. Back up to the top of Kuf Memdalet. It can't be elevated, not on Shabbos, not during the week. Even if a person learns, and he learns with that energy, unless the doctor told him he has to eat it. If he eats it for Pikuach Nefesh, if the doctor says to him, you got to eat Chazer for Pikuach Nefesh, and the person eats it, then he can elevate even the pig. Take that, Muhammad. Shetiru Chazal. Because Chazal permitted it, it becomes literally permissible, untied. That's about the food stuff. But learning the Torah, where we're learning anything of Torah, whether we're talking about the laws of that which is permissible and forbidden, or we're learning about Tumat Tahara, Shema Mishnai, Yisubrais, Shabi Gemar, Opaiskim, the basics of Nigla of Torah, Hamavarim that explain, Umavarim and clarified Vareim La Lachalamai, that explained to us what the law is. That is the holiest stuff that exists. They're the essence of Let's kick off into some Kabbalah just in case we thought we understood what we were learning. They are part of the sphere of Malchus of Atzilus. The Zayah himself says there's in numerous places, untold places, that comes from Malchus of Atzilus of the highest world. Right at the beginning of the Tukunah Zayar, the very famous repeated line, Malchus Peh, that the definition of Malchus is with Toyer Shabbat Peh, Malchus is Toyer Shabbat Peh. The reason he says I'm stressing the fact that it's in Atzilus, because in the world of Atzilus, he and his Midas are absolutely unified. That this infinite energy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mesiachet Atzilus, is an absolute unity in Atzilus. In the most unified way, He, his will, his wisdom, it's all one, it's sheer godliness. You're learning the laws of not mixing milk and meat, you're learning the laws of how to shech the chicken, you're learning about whatever detail it is that, that seems to be the most physical stuff in the world, and it's godliness, sheer absolute godliness, it's nisyached, it's, it looks fleshing, it looks milking, it looks migoshim, it's all godliness. Heaven forfend that somebody distort the Rehmehemna. What the Rehmehemna was talking about when he spoke about that it stems from the world of Toivirah was the substance about which we're learning. But not Chas the study of that Torah itself. That is godliness in the most intense way. All right, we will take it up from here. Amir Hashem, next week.